are you guys? It's good to be here. It's vacation season. It is. I mean, yeah, we could tell by looking around. We were gone last week in Kansas City, uh, getting some time with the Kings. It was a great time with them. And so we were also looking on going some other vacations, maybe to Hawaii. Yeah. You didn't know this, Marissa? Yeah, but I guess they have a rule in Hawaii that you can't laugh. All that's allowed is aloha. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) We're starting a summer series today. We've been hinting at it. Not really hinting at it. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks, but we're starting it today. And the series is called Treasuring God. And here's the thing. You are what you treasure. For those who've been part of the church for a while, I bet you've noticed some patterns with the seasons, yeah? We experience, here in Kansas, we experience the extremes of seasons, literally, right? Winter can often isolate, push us indoors. Spring comes, the church can really start to gel, become more active, but then comes summertime, and students travel for home, or they travel for internships. We get to be blessed by that. Amen? Kids and teens leave for camps and hope trips. Families go on vacations. The momentum that we start to build in the spring can become lost, and then we can fight to regain it each fall before winter comes. And so it goes sometimes, right? But what if, what if we could creatively stay united through vacation season, and hit the ground running as a church when school starts up? What if we could take amazing vacations to wherever, Kansas City or Hawaii, and take the Lord with us everywhere you go? Because you've got to take the Lord with you. Anyways, I won't go there. There we go. That's what I was hoping someone would do. You know, Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We often spend our vacation season pursuing our heart's desire, whether we're at home, doing a staycation, or if we're abroad. Therefore, summertime can be a display of what your heart treasures. I say this especially for the educators or people in the school system. Summertime is like when you're catching up on all those restaurants you didn't get to go to, all the TV shows everyone else was talking about that you didn't get to watch. Or at least I'm speaking out of experience. Maybe it's just me. Maybe students too, you guys feel this way during the school year. Summertime comes and you're like, I got to catch up. I got to do all these things I've been wanting to do. A lot of eyes there, huh? But if we want to focus our hearts on Jesus during the summer season, then we must invest our treasure. We must invest our time there. If we truly value unity, which as so many Christians like to proclaim, buzzword unity, then we must find creative ways to do this together in different places. Um, This is where a cool thing comes in with this booklet that some of you guys hopefully have received this. We have one for each family. Um, If you want to buy more, they're $5 on Amazon. But our brother, uh, Joel Nagel in Lansing, he created this. And this sermon series is a collaboration among, again, as we've been doing among many other churches. So as we go through this this summer, this is going to be a way to not only stay connected here, but to know also church families across the country will be going through this together. That's kind of cool, isn't it? 
But I want to read a little bit from the booklet to give us a little bit more of an idea of what this is about, what this is for. Okay? I'm not going to read it all. But it says, did you know there's a big difference between vacation and true rest? Anyone who has kids and goes on vacation knows that. Vacation has vacate at its root. It's about fleeing or escaping. And by the time summer comes around, you probably feel like fleeing or escaping. In the very first chapters of the Bible, we're introduced to an alternative to vacation, Sabbath. Instead of escaping, Sabbath means to rest. Isn't that what we're really seeking when we take summer trips or even staycations? Jesus calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath and beckons the weary to come to him for rest. What would happen if we took Jesus with us on vacation and intentionally focused more on him throughout the summer? Well, it would be the best summer you and your family ever had. Amen to that. So that's what this booklet is for. It's for guiding us to finding the joy of treasuring God in the summertime. And if you have it or if you pick up a copy today, flip through it. I won't go through all the details, but this is designed to help us treasure God. It's designed to take us through, there's 30 devotionals if you want to have there. There's a challenge to go have a prayer in a, in a beautiful place. It just is a really creative way for us to engage with God spiritually, deeply, intimately, no matter where you are, right? Even if you're at a rest stop off of 35, not a very scenic place, but amen. Amen. So there's the caveat for what this is about and how that goes in tandem. There's even a neat spot at the end where I pages to take sermon notes on the sermon series that we're starting today. There you go. Okay. But wait, there's more. Just kidding. Okay. So let's talk about today. I want to get out of here because, because there's someone else that's going to come up and share and it's going to be great. Treasuring God. For the next nine weeks on Sunday mornings, we're going to take a journey through nine different psalms. And those psalms are focusing on treasuring various aspects of our relationship with God. The psalms have served as a divine liturgy, a guide for worship for God's people since before the time of Christ. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to engage with the psalms and allow the psalms to lead us together as a community this summer. Amen? We're going to allow God's heart to guide our heart in worship. And this is a collaborative effort. Each week, one of us, when I say us, one of us here, someone from our community, is going to come and share their heart on the psalm of the week. We have an eclectic community, don't we? And we have voices from many different backgrounds and perspectives. This is a gift. This is the kingdom. And each week we'll have a unique flavor because of this. Amen? Amen. Let's appreciate that. This is an opportunity for us to flex our communal voice and listen to the plethora of experiences among us. So today's passage is from Psalm 19. As we dwell on treasuring creation. In a moment, Josh Stoner will come up. He's going to read the psalm. He's going to give some fantastic insight into the biblical context of this passage. Get your little rubber thing on for flipping the pages in your Bible, okay? There's your warning. It's going to be good stuff. Share his, and he's going to share his own practice of how he treasures creation. There are a few people who treasure God's green earth more than Josh. 
I've learned a lot about how to perceive and engage with the created world around me just by being around this guy. His perspective is different than most of ours. He's a person of indigenous heritage. He is a chef. He is a hunter, an outdoorsman. I would say a conservationist. I've heard you call yourself that, but the way you carry yourself and speak about the world conveys that. He is also a lover of the text of the Bible. And I'm excited for you all to experience a piece of that this morning. So please get ready to open your hearts, minds, and Bibles as we welcome Josh Stoner to share. Wow, Ethan really set the bar high for me right there. Man, I hope I can live up to that. No, I hope I know that the, the Lord's going to live up to that. And so thank you, Ethan, for the introduction. Good morning, everybody. Uh, do you mind if I just say a quick prayer? just want to center myself. So, um, Father, just, uh, I just pray that uh, as I speak, it's, it's your words and um, in your heart that is shared. Uh, through me, Lord. Uh, I pray that uh, these words, my, my thoughts, my intentions are received um, well, and uh, that uh, everyone here and everyone listening online, Lord, can just get a different look or maybe reinforce what they already have um, as, they, as they view creation and they view uh, your good world, God. Uh, thank you for for letting me be up here, God. Um, and I I pray again, Lord, that uh, that I do you justice. Um, and it's in your Son's holy name that I pray. Amen. All right. So Psalm nineteen. Psalm nineteen. So there is a lot in Psalm 19. (laughs) Um, And I'm only just talking about the first six verses, okay? Um, And I'm going to read from the CJB uh, as I kind of go through this, and I'm going to kind of break it down. There are going to be some, uh, a lot of scripture references to to other areas in the Bible, but um, so let's just read it, okay? Oh, as I read it, uh, I'll, I'll be reading. I'm also going to kind of give some alternate language for the words that are that, that I am reading, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens, the the rakia, the skies, the stars, they declare, they speak the glory of God. The glory of God, the muchness of God. God, the creator. The dome of the sky speaks the works of his hands. Again, heavens, dome, rakia, firmament, stars. Every day it utters speech. The dome speaks to us every day. Every night it reveals knowledge. Every night the dome reveals Torah teaching for us. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. 
their voice, the stars, the dome. Some versions will say without speech and without a word. Let me talk about the what that means maybe offline sometime, but uh, or why maybe some uh, interpretations or um, uh, versions would choose to use that language, but nonetheless, I'll move on. Their line goes out throughout all the earth. Um, their line, looking at their line, what does that mean, their line? Well, the sun follows a line, right? It goes, the, the moon, the stars, they, they go through a line. But really, looking at that, at the, the core word there, that's measuring line, okay? Their, their path, that's the, the path they follow goes out through all the earth. And we know that now, right? 21st century, like we know this, you know, anyways. But when you hear the word earth right here, okay, that word earth, that's where you're standing at. Okay, that's this spot, the ground. Okay, so their line goes out throughout all of the earth, everywhere that you're standing at. Okay, their words, the skies, the dome, their words to the end of the world. And there, really, what you want to think about is the three-tiered cosmology. Or, in a 21st century context, everything. Okay? Everywhere. The entire universe. Or multiverse, if you're into Marvel. <laughs> it's just a bigger scale. You know, we, from, down, from down here at, at our ground level to way out there beyond where we can really perceive without crazy awesome telescopes. And I'm going to get into some of that in a little while, too. Thank you. In them, the dome, the skies, he places a tent for the sun. The tent being the tabernacle, a resting place place to go take a nap? Uh, does the sun really need to nap? Probably not, but this is poetry, so. Which, the sun, comes out of like a bridegroom. He leaves the resting place. He rises in the morning, right? From the bridal chamber, the resting place. With delight, Joy, radiance, just like an athlete would, a warrior or a strong man to run a race and fight the cause, just giving kind of different, some different thoughts or ideas about what's going on there, right? It, the sun, circles around to the other side. Well, of course, the earth is spinning, right? It sets, uh, the bridegroom goes back to bed. Okay. Nothing escapes its heat. And I was kind of thinking about that. Nothing escapes its heat. Well, right now it's July in Kansas. <laughs> we all get that, right? But heat can be good or bad. 
depending on your current context, your current situation. And if we're looking at that, at this, this line really stood out to me, you guys, so I kind of want to dwell on it for a second. Um, depending on your context and, and metaphorically speaking, and heat can be good, heat can be bad. Well, you know, if you're cold, heat's pretty awesome. If it's July in Kansas, get it away from me. Well, spiritually speaking, you know, sometimes I'm in a spot where I don't really don't want any heat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that on me. Let's, let's take a step back. Um, other times, you know, I'm in a better place. But what's important here in the line is nothing escapes its heat. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Do with that what you will. Um, you know, I didn't have this as a scripture reference, but that it reminds me of, of you know, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. You know, the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. We all, we all get that, right? So, Psalm 50 The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 50, verse 6, the heavens proclaim his righteousness. In Romans 19, I'll try and go slow. And I'm, if you guys want to, if you need me to slow down, just say, slow down, dude. In Psalm, I'm sorry, in uh, Romans 1, verse 19, God's kavod, his glory, is plain to see. Because what is known about God is plain to them, since God has made it plain to them. He's showing you every day. Okay? Genesis, chapter 1, 6 through 8. Here in the psalm we have every day... The dome utters speech every night, reveals Torah. It's a 24-hour cycle, right? So every day we're given insight into God. Romans 10, verse 18. I'm actually going to jump in there real quick, so hang on. In Romans, the, the verse says, but I say, isn't it rather that they didn't hear? Uh, no, they did hear. Their voice has gone out throughout the whole world and their words to the end of the earth. Did you? Uh, 1019. And uh, I'm sorry, 1018, 1017 and 18. So the Judeans were given the knowledge. They were given the Torah, but they were also shown. And just kind of thinking they maybe didn't understand completely. Ecclesiastes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I jumped past one. Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> For those of you 
who know. Verse 28. I'm sorry, chapter 28, verse 10. Uh, It's kind of a harsh verse, but I'll just summate here. Um, Can no one be taught? do I got to talk in nursery rhymes is basically what that verse is, is saying. Uh, I say, no, Just look around you. Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse five. What do we gain from our toils? We're moving into this part of the psalm where we're talking about rest. Okay. Judges. Uh, chapter 5, verse 31. Those who love Adonai be like the sun. Well, let's go back to the psalm. What does the sun, what is the sun like? Well, the sun follows its path. It rests. It comes out radiant. Okay. Joel two sixteen. Let all who see and hear gather to Adonai. Why say where is God? He's everywhere. He's in creation. He's in every moment of creation. So, from here's from this is from my perspective. Like, how do I treasure creation, right? Like, what does that mean to me? Okay. Well, so I'm not an astrophysicist. You may be surprised to find that out, but um, I pretend to be sometimes. Okay. Um, I'm really fascinated with the lifespan of stars, uh, suns specifically, um, from nebula to sun to supernova. Okay, uh, I could spend hours just looking at pictures of stars going supernova. It's they're beautiful. It's beautiful. It's destruction, but it's anyway. I'll get to that. When I look out at these things, though, at, at the vastest, when I'm here on the ground at my level, and I'm looking out at all of that vastness, that muchness, that kavod, okay, I'm reminded of God's muchness. Like, he did all of that, okay, with a word, Okay. Watching a star form, I mean, obviously, I've never actually watched a star form. (laughs) I'm just not that old. I'm kind of old, but I'm not that old. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think, you know, and just just my thought, you know, God is continuing creation all the time. He didn't stop on the sixth day. He rested on the seventh day. That's pretty awesome. 
stars, on average, they live a few hundred million years. Okay, and that's according to a one particular Google article that I clicked on and trusted with telling that to you guys. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, right? Uh, no, I th- I, you know that's about right. It, that's it. That is about right. A few hundred million years, but to God, that's like just a moment. That's just like right now. Okay, um, that's pretty awesome. You know, he brought order to, to the chaos, okay? He set the universe in motion. He placed the heavens in the sky as a marker for us, okay? He did that so that we would have a nice place to live, okay? That's pretty awesome, <laughs> You know, in Psalm 19, I kind of alluded to it. Um, from the poet's perspective, you know, there's knowledge, there's Torah in the heavens. It's there for everybody to see. You know, it's just a matter of, of opening your heart to that, I think. Um, the stars speak without words, yet anyone can hear it. You know, let those with ears, right? Um, the sun is given rest. Now, we know different, but we're, this is poetry. Okay, it's metaphorical. The sun is given rest. It rises again, radiant. Um, it goes forth on its path with delight, with joy, like a strong man ready to defend his cause. We, me can be, we might be reminded not to let any moment or opportunity escape our light, the light of God that we reflect into his creation. From the poet's perspective, nothing escapes the sun's heat, right? Again, i say it again. He makes the sun shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, everything is exposed. Okay. And depending on the season we're in, yeah, maybe that's all right, maybe not so much. Okay. But it's a gift. Each cycle of day and night, it shows us the glory of God. Right? It teaches those of us who love Yahweh to be like the sun and to learn from the stars. Okay. We learn that in all of that, God chose us, humans, to partner with. That's pretty awesome. In all of the galaxy, in all of the un- in all of the galaxies, in all of the universe. He chose, he thought highly enough of me and you guys too, okay, to want to help and protect me and, and you guys too, okay, to help us to be free from the consequences of evil and sin. Like, okay, so 
looking at uh, scripture, I kind of see that all of creation has rebelled. In just different areas of, of scripture, we see different parts of creation have rebelled against God's will. Okay? It's you and me that he decided to die for. Okay? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Wisby. <laughs> you know, for those of us who aren't outdoorsy folks, I love being outdoors. I go for I go for walks along the river. I sit in my backyard and watch the birds play, the squirrels play. You know, I just when I'm out there out in creation, that's when I feel really the most connected to God. And, you know, I hate flies, <laughs> okay? They're really annoying, but they do a job. We won't talk about the job they do, but they do a job, right? But I really, I, I just love being out there. But, but some folks aren't outdoorsy, right? Um, for those of us who aren't, uh, the same can still be said, though. It doesn't have to be a star going supernova, okay? It could be a berry on a tree, okay? Uh, it could be the leaves and the flowers on your house plant. Um, maybe a, a, a shiny rock that your kid gave you to cherish, right? God is in the macro and the micro. Okay. All creation, all of creation speaks the works of his hands. The psalm tells us that. So I kind of finish up my thoughts here, try and wrangle my scatterbrain in. When you go out, or when you're at home enjoying the air conditioning, which is a great idea right now. <laughs> Just when you're out, you know, for your business or your pleasure, whichever it is, okay? Are you going out to do that so you enjoy yourself? Or are you going out to do that to enjoy what God has gifted you? And this is what I think about, because sometimes I don't think about the gift, right? It's when I go out and I get closer to God, I reconnect with God, that I realize, oh, what an amazing gift, and that's pretty awesome. That's kind of my thoughts, and I mean, I could go on for hours about this topic, and if you ever want to talk about stars or creation or the earth or being a conservationist hit me up on the phone i'll be happy to talk so thanks for listening i hope that was useful to you guys um yeah awesome thanks You know, I think um, that psalm is cool.
because it teaches us how to perceive creation. You know, and some of us, we have that feeling of like, man, like I just go outside and I just feel close to God, but we can't articulate it. Guess what? The Bible does. Psalm 19 does articulate that. Why do you feel close to God? It's because all of creation, the stars, the plants, the animals, they're all screaming out God's kavod, his, his glory, his magnificence. That's why. That's what it's there for. You know, um, I, I feel compelled to share a short story. I, I told Josh I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. He really helped me through an experience. Over a month ago, I took a personal retreat to get close with God. And I went out into creation because I thought creation was there to just help, you know, it just make me comfortable and have this, like, you know, I don't know what I, my expectation was because it just wasn't right. But like, I'm going to go out in nature and I'll just be close to God and I'm going to have all these epiphanies about my life and, you know, transcend, whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm going to go out and be with God. I'm going to be by the, the lake, go on a hike. Creation sometimes gives us that. But creation isn't always there just to bring me some kind of experience or comfort. Creation is there to point us to God. I experienced that. All the elements turned against me. I had to, had to sleep through a thunderstorm. I didn't sleep. I got eaten by an army of ticks. I had to hike through muddy paths. But when I surrendered and I was like, what are these things pointing me towards? They're pointing me towards God. They're pointing me towards God in the midst of suffering of being uncomfortable, then we begin to connect with nature in a different way. So for you folks that aren't outdoorsy, just keep in mind for all of us, creation is there with unspoken words to point us back to God. Amen. Who are we that God should think so highly of us? As Josh was saying. And yet God Almighty made us as the crown jewel of creation. Us. Sophia. Carly, Isaac, you guys too. <laughs> All of us. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you looked at a picture of a star. You're like, what am I compared to this star? What am I compared to the supernova? God didn't die for the supernova. He suffered for us. To God, not even the oceans, Mariana's Trench, the forests, the great redwoods of California, the mountains, none of those are more precious than us. As we learn or relearn how to treasure creation, let's be led to a place where we treasure our place before the creator, highly treasured in return by him. For God treasures us so much that he gave himself as a sacrifice for the wickedness of humanity. We are redeemed by the blood of God. And as creation groans, those of us who have entered the life of the age to come, we bring forth the hope of the gospel. So during this time of communion, which we are going to take together, let's give thanks to God for the life of Jesus and for the way to truth and flourishing life. In John chapter 6, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Because my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. 
The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the man the manna your ancestors ate, and they died. The one that eats this bread will live forever. Amen? Amen. We're going to take communion together. I'm going to say uh, a short prayer here for us. We'll take communion and, and continue to praise and worship God with song, okay? Please bow your heads with me and let's pray. God Almighty, El Shaddai, our Creator in heaven, your glory is on display all around us. In the micro and in the macro, your tender love and care is ever present. Nature proclaims in unspoken words of your holiness. Your word, your teaching, your way is like the sun circling the earth, following its line, spreading its truth and warmth your glory is inescapable and undeniable and it is a sweet gift to all who worship you in jesus name we pray amen